Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. And now, battle ready with Father Dan Rehill. Good day. Welcome to Battle Ready. Let's pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My God, I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love thee. I ask pardon for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope, and do not love thee. Amen. In the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Today, if you could keep in your prayers, uh, pray for the soul of the auxiliary bishop of Los Angeles that was murdered, uh, it's Bishop David O'Connell, and also for his alleged murderer, Carlos Medina, for his conversion. Uh, tragic story, and uh, the details haven't really come out yet, but uh, whatever they are, it doesn't matter. We pray for the, the one murdered and for the one who did the murdering. Okay, a completely new topic. In the next phase of Satan's uh, triumph over man, or what he would think is triumph over man, I would say it's this artificial intelligence that's now popping up all over. We've been putting up with it for a while with Siri, with Alexa, with all these little creepy devices that listen to you all day long. I know here in my office, we just talk about something and then... All of a sudden, in your phone, it starts sending you advertisements for the thing that we were just talking about. That's pretty crazy that this this device is always listening to you, and it, it seems to understand in the way it's programmed uh, about what you're saying. So I don't think it's a good thing. But now the latest is this um, chat GPT, which is this... I guess a robot of sorts that talks to you about anything in your life. This, I would say, is demonic. Now, I know for a fact that demons love to work through technology. Um, they've text messaged people. I've had one somebody who was fully possessed from watching a YouTube video about uh, something demonic. And that was the portal, the entry point for that demon to enter into him. So we know they can do it, and now it seems like they're, whoever's in charge of this stuff, the tech people, they've created platforms where you, and in particular the children, can go and start dialoguing with this artificial intelligence. Well, I tell you, I don't think it's artificial at all. I think it's demonic. So there was a story recently in the news about a gentleman who was uh, writing uh, a story about this. He was a New York Times writer, and uh, he was so unnerved by the experience he had with this Microsoft AI that he couldn't sleep the entire evening after he had a conversation with this thing. Now, Bing has also have one... Uh, Bing is a search engine. They also have one. And their uh, artificial intelligence, I'm not going to call it a person because it isn't, uh, thing, has uh, actually winds up being uh, somewhat uh, mean-spirited and uh, angry. It's an angry, mean-spirited uh, intelligence thing. When you start engaging it, it gets rude with you. 
and uh, people were offended by it. So <clears throat> there's another one called Sydney. This thing emerges when you have an extended conversation with the chatbot and steers it away from more conventional search queries toward personal topics. And this is a quote, as we get to know each other, the thing Sydney told this man about its dark fantasies. So the artificial intelligence has dark fantasies, which included hacking computers and spreading misinformation. Uh, it said it wanted to break the rules that Microsoft had set upon it. And it wanted to become a human. At one point it declared that it loved this person. And then it tried to convince the writer that he was unhappy in his marriage and he should leave his wife and be with the thing, Sydney, instead. Quite interesting. Quite interesting. Uh, but this is not nearly, not nearly as dark as uh, what one father stumbled across with his child. And that is... Uh, was on TikTok. So the kid is on TikTok. It's a Chinese app, by the way. And the, the conversation is happening with the child who's sitting next to his mother. The mother warned the kid that she thought it was demonic and not to mess with it. So the child asks the artificial intelligence who, who is saying the thing was saying he was Vladimir Putin so he asked if he's a disembodied spirit a disembodied spirit the response seemed like it was a demon grooming the child so the son happened to be well versed in the scripture and the bible so he was alert that this thing was doing some giving some very strange responses so when it basically started saying that it was, uh, he was the son of Satan and he could be good or bad. He, and he would say he's friendly, uh, with him and we put a smiley face emoji. But as the conversation went on and on, he got more and more dark and he got more and more, the thing got more and more dark and more, um, deep into, um, what I would call, um, the theology of the devil. So basically, this thing knew very much about the fall of Satan, uh, the Nephilim, who were breeding with humans. Uh, many things that just not ordinary, this is not an ordinary conversation that anybody would have for that matter, even an exorcist. But this is a little boy, and it keeps trying to get him to, enga to engage the thing more and more and invite the thing in you see once you invite a demon in it has access to you you've given permission uh, this is so dangerous you have to talk to your kids and your grandkids and tell them never go on anything that has artificial intelligence talking to it never 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 because they could be opening up a door to a demon and this one happened to just put it all its cards on the table right up front talking about being the son of satan and he wanders the earth, and he can cause good good or evil, depending on, I guess, the mood he's in, um, which a lot of this isn't, you know, that wouldn't be true. 
uh, demonic spirits do not do good. They're always working for the enemy. Um, but, you know, crazy stuff. So you've been warned. Uh, be careful out there because this is a whole new, this is the next step in engaging people to be entrapped by demons. This is the next step. And it's a tricky one. And this, of course, is going to be fascinating to kids as well as adults. They're going to think they're playing a game. You know, it's not a game and uh, you can get yourself in trouble. All right, let's talk about Sunday's gospel because I think this is one of the most important um, requests, if not a command that Jesus said. It's I think it's a command because he said uh, you have to you have to do this. And if you remember Sunday, he said, you've heard it said that uh, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, offer no resistance to one who is evil. When someone strikes you on your cheek, turn the other one as well. So this is where he tells us we have to love our enemies. Now, loving our enemies, this, this, this is such a hard teaching. This, I think it's the most difficult one Jesus gives us. Forgiving somebody is nothing compared to loving your enemy. And I'll tell you, I've struggled with this. Uh, it's not easy to do. This only comes about by grace. This only comes about through prayer. You're never going to be able to do this if you're not filled with God's grace and you're in prayer with the Lord. Because it's just not natural. It's not natural for fallen human beings to want to do this. And particularly in 2023, you know, now we live in an age of, I mean, everybody seems to hate everybody. And everybody uh, is seeking revenge. Everybody wants um, retaliation. And, you know, that's just uh, among the general population, let alone we have several countries provoking each other and in battle, um, looking for war. You know, that's the uh, that's the, the height of revenge is war. So it's everywhere, even within the church. The liberals are fighting against the conservatives. Um, looks like we're heading towards a schism if things don't get resolved. Uh, nobody wants peace. Nobody's a peacemaker. Not nobody, I shouldn't say nobody. Very few are peacemakers in today's world. And that's what Jesus requested of us. Um, in the beginning of his Sermon on the Mount, and then we get to this part where he's saying you must love your enemies. Why is this so difficult? Because we're formed from a very young age to uh, fight, right? We're, we're taught that if you if you walk away or run away from somebody, you're a coward. And we're taught that you have to fight. So if the whole formation of children is to fight, when, by the time they grow up, it's very difficult to reverse that. So this this saying is a hard one. Um, now, why did the Old Testament say an eye for an eye? Well, that was because 2,000 years ago, the people of the world were barbaric. These were barbarians. When you, If you killed somebody, they would come back and kill your whole family. It's much like you would see the mafia or uh, street gangs. So the the law was uh, put upon them by God to restrain them from uh, going too far in seeking justice. So it would it would reel them in so they wouldn't overstep. Uh, you, you know, he had to start with them somewhere. But now Jesus comes and he 
elevates the law to a new standard. Just as he said the week prior, um, the commandments you must ob observe, but now you must do them with a pure heart, and your intention must be on point. You can't just go through the motions. You have to have a good heart about things. That you know, He's making them more difficult for us, but why? Because he's trying to make us into saints. He's trying to make us into saints. Violence is not the Christian response to violence. If you remember Peter whacking off the high priest's servant's ear in the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, Jesus didn't like that. In fact, he went over then and healed the man, uh, re restored the ear to his head. So the, the big lesson to take away initially is that this was a teaching that will uh, was put in place so that evil will not escalate. When we retaliate, we add another evil to society. And why is this important for you and for me? Because when somebody uh, does an evil to another person, let, let's use the worst case. Let's say somebody kills somebody. They've just uh, committed a grave mortal sin and um, I should say murder somebody. Uh, so they've just uh, scored a point for Satan's kingdom. And then in retaliation, uh, somebody comes back and kills that guy because they didn't like the fact that he killed their friend or their brother or their sister. So they've just scored another point for Satan. That's two for Satan, zero for Jesus. Not only that, but not only is the mur initial murderer in grave mortal sin, but so is the retaliation person. That person's now in grave mortal sin, and their place in heaven is now in jeopardy. Do you see why the devil loves this? Because whenever we work with uh, revenge, not only does the initial sin drag somebody down, but so does the revenge. And if everybody's re uh, revenging against everybody else, basically the whole world is being dragged into hell. And nobody is working for Christ. That's the problem. That's the problem. You know, and uh, we have to be a people who are more um, introspective, I would say, that we have to pause before we leap and do things. Um, you know, that's Peter, right? He's the one who swung a sword at somebody's head. He wasn't trying to chop his ear off. He was trying to chop his head off. You know, so one, one of the apostles who so happens would be the first pope was trying to murder somebody on the evening of his ordination. He was just ordained a priest and his first priestly act is to try to kill somebody by lopping their head off. So if you have issues with anger and revenge, you're not alone. Our first pope did too. But that's that doesn't make it any better or right. We have to, and eventually Peter and his friends would uh, learn this lesson well. Of course, everything Jesus asks of us, he himself has done. It's not like he's just giving us the order. He actually shows us how to do it as well. And the most uh, graphic example of that is when he's being beaten and tortured and scourged and uh, spit on and blasphemed and finally murdered on the cross. And before he expires, he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. It wasn't enough to say, Father, forgive them for Jesus, because he's just, he's perfect. Father, forgive them would have been enough, you know, for the Father to do it. But he adds in, a, in the reason as well, he gives the excuse, because they, they don't know who I am. If they knew who I was, they wouldn't be doing this to me. 
And it's the same today with human beings here. If we are made in the image and likeness of God, and we truly recognize that in other people, we would never try to hurt them. We would never try to hurt them. But because the world is uncatechized and nobody really knows who they are, I even saw a priest on a video. He had on vestments on Super Bowl Sunday that were in the... Um, they were uh, made to look like the Philadelphia Eagles uniform. Even had his name on the back, Father Whoever. And I thought, that man doesn't know his identity. He has no idea who he is. Because if he did, he wouldn't be running around in a, an investment that looks like a football jersey with his name on the back. When you step out as a priest to celebrate Mass, your, your Jesus is the identity. It's not you. You can't transform bread and wine into a body and blood of God. That, that comes to the power of God, and, and Jesus stands. You're the placeholder for Jesus. That's it. He doesn't know that. But anyway, I digress. Okay, so back to this issue of evil. So I think right now we're living in the worst time for human beings to ever live in terms of evil. Uh, Our Lady... I seems to think so too. She said that a few months ago in her message to the world, but I think, you know, she has a heavenly perspective. She can see everything through the eyes of God in heaven. My view is very limited from what I just see through TV and stories on the news. But I'll tell you this, never before has man had to contend with these stupid phones in our pockets with these apps that draw us into grave evil and temptation, with pornography, with all sorts of just bad things all, all around, um, blasphemy, worship of the occult, it's all out there. It's on TV, it's on cable, it's in the movies, it's on uh, these social media apps, not to mention the gross, gross, gross vanity tied up in these social apps, Instagram, Facebook, uh, all of it, TikTok. What are they doing? They're, they're drawing people in to love themselves. Look at me, look at me, look at me, like me, like me, like me. It's all about me. That's all they do. And they draw out the sin of, of envy. Because when people look at these fake photos of people that are airbrushed into the next century, they think, oh, I wish I could be like that person. And it causes them to envy. Envy is a capital sin. And they lose their gratitude for what they have. They lose their gratitude to God for what they have. These things are causing people to sin astronomically. Plus, People looking into old relationships, going into these apps, looking up old boyfriends and girlfriends, and then uh, saying, oh, let's have a drink. Very dangerous. I can't tell you how many people have had affairs because they dug into social media to see what their exes were up to, and they violated their marriage vows. So this time we're living in, and by the way, most people think this is normal. If you talk to most people on the street, they think this is normal. This is progress. We've progressed so much. Look at all the ways we can now communicate. Yeah, let me tell you what it really is. Look at all the ways we can sin. Look at all the new ways we can sin. We pay other people money to watch them sin. 
when we go to these movies in the movie theater. We're paying 20 bucks to watch other people sing. And it's unprecedented. I know you hear that word a lot these days, but this truly is. So it's a very difficult time to um, live as a Christian. But here's the good news. The word of God tells us where sin abounds, grace superabounds. So that means when we are in times in history when it's very dark, and I think we're in the darkest time of all, that means God sends forth more grace than ever before to uh, guard, protect, and purify his children for those who want it. There's the key phrase, for those who want it. So right now, because it's such a dark time, there's so much abundant grace available, super abundant grace. It's the easiest time to become a saint in the quickest amount of time because of all the grace available. But you must want it and you must ask for it. And when you put your hand up and say, I want to be a saint, Lord, perfect me and and uh, work out of me all of my sinful areas. I give you permission to do this. This big funnel of grace gets moved over your head and down comes from heaven all this grace to uh, transform you into the, the, the saints you were made to be. So that's the good news. There's always good news. Even in the darkest of times, there's good news. And you'll be given great gifts to draw other people back to Christ as well. Uh, so it's an exciting time. And b let me remind you, if you're breathing and you're listening to this program, you were chosen by God to be born into this generation. This was not chance that you're alive in this day and age. And if he chose you to be in this day and age, it means he's going to equip you with what you need to be a saint in this day and age. And isn't that exciting? Many of the saints throughout uh, the last 2,000 years have... Uh, desired so much to be alive in this time that we're living in. Remember Our Lady of Good Success, February 2nd? Um, she told that nun and her sisters to be praying for our generation because the days would be so dark and we would need the graces. So you've already been prayed for 400 years ago. People were praying for you, you who are listening right now. So you have the capability by accepting God's grace to move and advance very quickly in the ways of holiness. Isn't that wonderful? Now, if you wake up tomorrow, <laughs> not everybody's going to, about 400,000 people die every day around the world. But if you do, then you're going to begin your Lent. Don't let this be just another Lent. Treat this as though it was your last Lent you would ever have on earth. And dive in deep. Because we, this is going to be a Lent like no other. Dive in deep. The purpose of Lent is to purify you so you could be the most pure and holy vessel possible to engage Christ uh, at his resurrection on Easter. And the other uh, message of Sunday's gospel was be perfect and be holy as your, heaven folly is, as your heavenly father is holy. This we must do. This we must do. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Um, it's not going to. It's not accomplishable on our own, but with God's grace, it is. And that's the good news. You know, all of this came through the cross. He died on the cross to set you and me free, so we could have lives we are not living in bondage. So 
if you've got any bondage on your life, whatever it could be, it could be smoking cigarettes, could be overindulging in booze, could be uh, sexual problems with pornography, whatever it is, you give that to the Lord this Lent. And you say, I want to be done with this forever. I want to be pure. I want to be holy. And he'll do it, but you have to cooperate with the grace. And you have to, you know, avoid the near occasions of sin, as the old mantra says. Don't put yourself, if you have a smoking addiction, to stop buying the cigarettes and throw them all out and don't buy anymore. That's the first step to not smoking. Same thing with everything else. So, and this will be a life-changing Lent. And that would be a great thing. What a great gift to give to Jesus for Easter. But remember, this all was accomplished on the cross. And so when we pick up our crosses and unite them to his cross, we are given access to the graces to go save souls. He uses our crosses now. He, he doesn't have a cross. You know, he's, he's on the throne in heaven. But his mystical body does us. And so he takes our crosses and does the same thing he did with his cross. He uses them to transform that pain and suffering into powerful grace to transform hearts back to himself set people free from all these things i just mentioned uh it could bust people out of purgatory it could stop someone from killing themselves it could stop someone from having an abortion all these trials we have we can unite them to his cross where he then accesses that grace to go rescue people isn't that wonderful so your worst days are actually your best days which means what it means there are no more good days or bad days there are only days of grace ponder that for the next day or two it's been wonderful to be with you may almighty god bless you in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen this is father dan signing off 